If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Right in today's episode, we give you 11 ways to become an alpha male. Healthy masculinity. How to be a good father, a good husband, and a good friend. It was a fun episode. We know you're going to enjoy it. Now, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Felix Gray. Uh, Felix Gray glasses are blue light blocking glasses that really help you with your health and your sleep. Now, they're different than other blue light blocking glasses because they don't change the color of everything around you. So they're not yellow or red or orange. They're still clear, but they still block blue light and they look really good. Go check them out. Head over to felixgrayglasses.com. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com forward slash mind pump. Also, we have two workout programs on sale right now. Two great strength building programs. Map Strong and Maps Powerlift are both half off. Go check them out. Head over to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Just use the code August Special with no space for the discount. Good time to reveal the alpha male. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have to come out with the episode like that. Today. That's how people. That's how people think. The alpha yeah. male. Yeah. Is you know, here. all joking aside, there definitely is, and there has been for a while, a crisis of masculinity, and it's evidenced by all of the the children that are raised uh, without fathers. This is a big, this is a big deal. It's a big problem. Did you see that? Jordan? It's been Pe- under attack, uh, you know, for quite some time now. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. Did you see that, that Jordan Peterson just had Warren Farrell? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had, it was over two, you know, it was over two years when we had him on there. It was not a popular conversation back then. No, uh, but there's a lot of, I mean, obviously a lot of truth in that. And, you know, and what they attribute to toxic masculinity, you know, the, the traits, right, of like you know being violent and aggressive and treating women terribly, that comes from oftentimes. Because if you look at the statistics on men that do that kind of stuff, right, that go to jail, that are dysfunctional, that treat people that way, the vast majority of them were raised without a good, solid, strong male role model. And so, what you're left yes. with, and here's my theory, what you're left with is when you're a young man and you don't have this male role model, is you create what you think masculinity is and where do you get your information from movies yeah tv media rap music rock music whatever and so you think oh being a guy means being this aggressive asshole and treating women terribly and you know not taking responsibility and living my life the way you know whatever and that's so false. That's so, so yeah. wrong. Uh, it's the opposite of what real uh, masculinity is. Well, let's let's define what makes an, an, an alpha male. It's going to be a fun episode to break down all the things that we think that define a, a true alpha male, not this uh, image so much that you see. Not this or, engineered alpha male that you'll see like on Instagram or whatever else. Yeah, you know. For me, at least, the best example I have of that is uh, my own father. Um, he was a, a, a great role model. Obviously not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But he showed, uh, he respected my mom, uh, showed her lots of respect and love. 
he respected his father and his mother and the people in our family that were older than him. I mean, you know, to this day, if my dad is sitting in a particular chair and my grandfather walks in or one of my older uncles or, you know, one of my cousins walks in who's pregnant, my dad will get up and offer his chair and show lots of respect. My dad was definitely not someone you want to mess with. He, he definitely was very confident and could, he could kick your ass. I mean, he was, a, he was a judo practitioner, very strong guy. But he also showed lots of restraint, calmness. He was very steady and stable. I, I, I remember one time there was a, a, a situation where he did get physical with somebody and he restrained the person and, and did, he could have totally really hurt the person, but instead he held the person down and showed lots of restraint. And that had a huge impact on me as a kid because I could see that my dad was, you know, he was, he was controlling himself. He was showing temperance. Which, well, I think that's a, a, a lot of what defines a, a true alpha male is, is having these certain capabilities, but then refraining or knowing when to use them and when to not use them, right? Totally. So, mm -hmm. I, I, But for me, I, I really wanted to do this episode because I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have a good example um, growing up. You know, those that have been listening to the show for a long time know that my father passed when I was seven. My mom uh, married into a very unhealthy relationship after that. So I really had to piece this together as I got older into adult. And I, I think a lot of where I picked up on, you know, what, what defines or makes it an, an alpha male um, was in my pursuit of leadership is reading and learning about what makes a good leader. Cause you'll see as we go through like, you know, yesterday we wrote down all these lists. We all started firing off all these different things that we thought make an alpha male. And the, one of the things that I found that, that the common theme throughout all this, no matter whether it was Justin or you or me making a point, a lot of it aligns with what also makes a great leader. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the stuff that I t picked up over years was from reading things along those lines. You found mentors. Hmm. You found mm -hmm. some, a lot of mentors. You found them in business too, didn't you? I did a little bit in business. I, I'd say a lot of the mentors that came in books. You know, that was a lot of the stuff that I think I aspired to be like. There wasn't a lot of great role models, even in business. Like I, I didn't have the best leaders. Um, it, in, in our companies that we worked, there, there was some, um, but there, I was also stuck in a position where I didn't think that the, the men that were above me and some of, they weren't people that I aspired to be like, um, I found a lot of that stuff through, through reading more than I did in examples in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. For me again, it's just watching my dad, watching my grandfather, the respect that they showed <clears throat> the women, uh, in the family, the respect that they showed their elders, the consistency that they showed. Um, my dad was, is very consistent, very, you know, strong in his uh, position. And it was great. It was great to have somebody like that, um, you know, to, to look at and to watch. And you mentioned being, uh, you know, a great leader. I think that's important. I think it's also important to know when to follow, which I think is a good characteristic of a good leader, right? It's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. being able to know and to be humble enough to, say, I can learn from this other person and I don't need to, you know, assert my dominance constantly. That's a big one that you see in false masculinity or fake alphaness is this guy that asserts his dominance all the time. You know, when they do studies on primates, 
the primates that like chimpanzees and gorillas, and by the way, they're way more violent than humans are, right? But still, the leaders are not the ones that fight everybody. They're the ones that could if they wanted to, but but do the most for other people in their group and tribe. And so they have that respect yeah. because the ones that are hated and feared, as soon as they turn their back, you know, a group of monkeys gets together and then uh, will jump them and attack them and kill them. And you've seen this in history, right? With uh, with tyrants where they, they'll, you know, before you know it, they, they get poisoned or killed and because they, they lead through fear and intimidation. Well, let's, let's go down this list, the, the ones, and we can, we can briefly talk about maybe what we mean, uh, by this. Cause some of, some of them are obvious and some of them are yeah. not so obvious. Actually, I wanted to ask Justin, you, you, you've mentioned the past, you've had great coaches in the past that, yeah. that showed you this. When, when did this first have, like, when did you first have a coach where you had that example? One of the first examples was my football coach. And a lot of times it was just about doing the right thing. And that was in all of your actions, whether or not you were on the field or you're on campus and, and just the realization that everybody's watching you and you are what makes up uh, who you are as your character is what you always do. So he would bring up examples of like when we would, you know, some guys would hawk loogies and spit in the halls or talk, talk down to somebody else and intimidate them. And he would jump all over uh, those guys and correct that. Uh, and it was just one of those things where every little detail uh, was something that we tried to aspire every time to, to get better at. And so it was a very much of a growth mindset uh, that he was implementing with us, but it was very, it was very impactful on me because um, just the integrity that he showed us was uh, was something that uh, between him and my father as well, um, you know, I got really good examples of of integrity and always staying true to doing the right thing. Yeah, that's great. It, it, the first, you know, the first one that came up for us when we were writing this list, which by the way is in no particular order. No, but this one, this one was like popped up for us, which you know, which kind of says a little bit about it, which is to. Because I think young men, at least, especially kids, I know I did, I thought that being a man meant never being afraid, right? Like, oh, you're fearless. Mm -hmm. But that is not true at all. What's what, it, I remember uh, I had a client once that I trained that was a, um, he was in the, uh, on the SWAT team uh, in San Jose. And we actually talked about this and I said, aren't you... Like when you go and you do these raids or you're in the situations, like, don't, do you still get afraid? He's like, yeah, of course. He's like, I could lose my life at any moment. And he says, but you know, you just go, you do it anyway. And I remember that being such a powerful thing to hear. And then there was a conversation I had with my son when he was little where he said, oh, you know, he was, he was scared of the dark. And he said, you know, Papa, I wish, I wish I was not afraid like you because then I could be brave. And I said, you can't be brave unless you're afraid. That's right. You know, like like Superman running into a, a burning building, he's not brave. He knows nothing's going to happen to him. A firefighter who could die from the flames, that's bravery right there. So I think it's important to note that you're, you know, be an alpha male, you're going to feel fear, but mm -hmm. you do what you need to do anyway. You embrace it. You know, I'm scared, yeah. but I'm not going to. True courage is, is, is going into fear. That's right. And acknowledging that you're afraid, uh, but you do it anyway. 
Yeah, totally. Oh, I think that's one of the things that I learned in in reading some of the reading some of the leadership books was that when you have these situations where you you feel fear, is instead of running from it or trying to avoid it or looking for another way around, is to go through that. And I think that's a, a just a, a definition of of what makes an, an alpha male or a leader is the ability to accept, embrace that this is scary, this is going to be difficult. I, there's a good chance I might I might fail. I won't yeah. I won't make it through whatever. But yet you still move forward and towards it. Yeah, there's a couple examples I can think of just with you guys that I I watch this. And by the way, I think it's important to surround yourself with other men who exemplify some of these things because you, you do learn and pick up on them. But, you know, like Justin, for example, a lot of people don't know this. When we started the podcast, he was probably the least comfortable person, you know, being on a podcast, being on camera, you know, doing that kind of stuff. It's kind of against his nature. He never once uh, faltered, always did it, never said anything, never complained, never tried to make it so that it was different always put himself out there. And I thought that was a great example of kind of what we're talking about. And then with you, Adam, uh, you know, the, because of how you grew up, you know, I'm sh- I, I have to imagine you probably had some fear of even having your own kids because of what you experienced. And yet you had your own kid and you're a great, a great father. Sure. So two great examples that I can think of, of uh, you know, you know, being afraid, but doing it anyway, and moving forward, um, and I think that's uh, that's really awesome. The other thing that comes to mind is um, speaking your truth, right? Speaking the truth, I should say, not yeah. you know your truth, but the truth. And I think that sometimes the truth hurts. Uh, sometimes it's uh, scary to tell somebody exactly how you feel or what you're thinking. And um, I remember the first time that I, I learned about radical honesty, and that always stuck with me. In fact, it's one of our core values in this business, and. Um, I just, I, I, I learned like years ago that the more honest, the more radical, the more radical honesty that I could put forth or the way I could speak the truth to people, even if it hurt, even if it was difficult, it always ended up working out for the better, even if it was difficult to go through it originally and say it. And, you know, it's, it's a practice that I think that you're always evolving or trying to be better at. I don't know if anyone is ever perfect at never telling themselves a white lie or being a hundred percent truthful, but to be pursuing that, that truth all the time, I think is what defines an alpha male. You know, speaking the truth is especially important when it's unpopular to speak the truth or when you're, it's scary to speak the truth. You know, a lot of people don't, this is, I mean, throughout all of history, you know, it's most important, most important. Do you know how many travesties could have been stopped if people were just just continued to open always speak the truth, even when being intimidated or even when violence uh, was put against them? I mean, you think of like uh, you know pre World War II Germany and you know the Nazis, right? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, how could so many of them go along with what was happening? A lot of them were afraid. The same thing with you know the Soviet Union or. You know, the, the when when Mao took over with China, the, people were they were they would be thrown in gulags or prisons or killed for speaking the truth. So people were so intimidated that they would just say what they were supposed to say, which allowed terrible things uh, to happen. So especially when you're afraid, and I know that's easy said, right? Easier said than done. But especially when you're afraid to speak the truth. This is why one of the most valuable, um, you know, without going off on a tangent, one of the most valuable 
uh, freedoms we have is the is the freedom of speech. It ex- it explicitly exists to protect unpopular speech because popular speech does not require any protection. You know, so uh, very important and. And this is definitely uh, part of number one, which is to be, you know, to be brave, right? Is to say, okay, well, I know I'm in a room full of people who are going to chastise me, but, you know, one plus one is two. Like, that's the truth. And so I'm going to speak it and I'm going to speak it often. Um, Yeah, stepping out in a crowd and and standing your ground is is a very, very hard thing to do. Um, And and that's just something that, especially if you know uh, what's right and what's true, um, you know, that's your opportunity. It's getting tested, but very difficult to do that. But that's, in my opinion, that is, is a definition of an alpha male. Totally. Um, the next one I think is really important just to be a good person, which is to always strive to be better than you were. You know what I mean? To improve upon how you were yesterday, which I think is the only fair comparison, by the way. I, I think it's not fair to compare yourself to other people. Everybody's different. But I do think it's fair to compare yourself to yourself, you know, and, and, you know, like with fitness, for example, I'll have people who will be like, oh man, I, you know, I would, I would train clients or work with people and they'd say things like, oh, I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm so inactive and I'll say, well, how many days did you work out last week? Oh, I only worked out twice. Well, how many days a week did you work out three weeks ago? Zero. Like you, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Like you're improving and that's really, I mean, and if you improve a little bit every day, man, that makes tremendous differences in the, in the long run. I feel this is kind of like the embracing the fear too. It's kind of like embracing your flaws and recognizing your weaknesses and recognizing that you have places to grow and being okay with that. Embracing that I know there's a better version of me out there tomorrow if I continue to pursue that and to be accept and be okay with your weaknesses, your flaws, your setbacks in the pursuit of always trying to be a better version of yourself. And uh, I think accepting that, owning that and pursuing that um, is so important. And I'm going to keep tying back to leadership because to me, that's, that's my connection that I've made uh, with this in in my life is being able to to see that okay this is what makes a good leader is not necessarily having all the answers or or being so great but the the pursuit of consistent uh, growth yeah do do you guys have any strategies for this uh, for yourself to help yourself with because this this requires a little bit of like self reflection and self self awareness awareness right because uh, like you don't know what you don't know type of deal you know uh, one thing that I do is I. I, I try to surround myself with people who are better than I am at something that I want to improve upon, right? So if I want to get better at public speaking, I'll find people, either follow them on me, social media or watch them, learn from them, uh, or if someone's better than me at you know, whatever, like to, to have myself around people like that, I can't help but Im- you know improve myself because I have that that per, that context, right? That person next to me who account you know, as as opposed to always surrounding yourself with people that you're you feel like you're better than or that you don't learn from, which might make your ego feel good, like oh I'm the best. How the hell yeah. are you gonna learn, you know, from something like that? Yeah, and definitely surrounding yourself with people that uh, you aspire to be like in in certain areas you recognize that you could improve. Uh, also, just immersing yourself in an environment that is completely uncomfortable. Um, and, and sort of working your way through that and, and starting at the bottom all over again um, provides a great opportunity for growth. Uh, it is very challenging to do that. 
Uh, and it's something I've had over the years to, to get better at challenging myself to do because being comfortable, uh, it, you know, it's way easier. It's something that uh, more naturally uh, you want to gravitate towards, you know, making your life a bit easier. But every time I, I decide to um, really immerse myself in a direction where I know um, I'm going to be struggling the whole time, the other side of that is just so much more fulfilling. Well, I think a lot of that is um, challenging your own beliefs, right? Not, not smelling your own farts all the time. Like yeah. At the... I used to do this, um, and this practice is something I did for years. Smell like cheese. <laughs> uh, I used to do at the end of every night. Um, I'd lay in bed and I think about like all the the different state changes that I had throughout the day, positive and negative. But I was I was most interested in the, the things that negatively impacted me, things that made me angry or upset or frustrated. If I got in an argument with somebody. And then I would I dive into that situation, and instantly the first thing that I would do is to remove the other person from this, meaning that no matter if it was Sal who said something that was, let's say, insulting to me, and right away I would go, well, forget Sal and exactly what he said. So take the, take that person out of the focus. Yeah, you, that person is not what I'm looking. I'm here. I'm looking. I'm pursuing self awareness and growth with myself right now, and he affected me somehow emotionally. I gave up some of that power. So what is it about what he said that made me feel this way? And many times, what you'll find it it is a reflection of some deeper rooted insecurity that you have. Like it had nothing really to do with the insult that Sal said. It's that I identify with that insult somewhat because I allowed it to emotionally affect me negatively. Otherwise, it wouldn't bother you. That's right. Yeah, like if I'm like, Adam, you're short. Like That's not going to bother you because you know you're tall. That's right. Yeah. So what is it about that 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 made me feel this way? And, and that's where the real work is done in self-improvement and growth. And the first step to that is becoming self-aware of those moments. And it started as a evening practice that I would do all the time. And just like anything else, if you practice that a lot and you get really good at it, you can start to do it in real time. So instead of the next, so the next time- Because you're practicing it. Yeah, yeah because I've practiced good. that so much at nighttime, like reflecting on my day. Now in real time, when say another person I meet says the same insult that Sal said, I immediately I can feel the, the, the change in emotion and the feelings that are going on internally right mm -hmm. away. And instead of reacting- to what he's saying, I have the ability to internally go like, oh, wow, that that stings. That's that that thing that I'm still dealing with that goes all the way back to childhood that I'm still working through and trying to get better. And the more you practice that, the more you can get real time with it and not allow those situations to uh, affect your Yeah, game. I like that. I remember you saying that a while ago, and uh, I started doing that. I, th I thought that was really valuable. You know, what, another thing that I did, and I do that, I, don't, I do it sometimes still, but I used to do it real often was if I had a very strong opinion about a subject, I would find people who had an opposing mm -hmm. opinion who were smart and intelligent and can present their case well. And then I would debate them. But the goal for me wasn't to beat them in a debate. The goal was to see if they, if I could you know, understand their point. And I would do a good job of presenting my case. And most usually I would come out and I would say, okay, well, I, I still stand by my position. But every once in a while, I would have my mind changed, which was a great feeling. You know, I, I, my ego at first wasn't like that, right? You don't want to lose a debate. But afterwards, I would kind of like it and be like, wow, I, I'm not wrong anymore. I have a better position 
because this person, you know, engaged with me. You could do this actually quite well on social media. Just got to be respectful because otherwise it turns into a, you know, a shouting match or <laughs> right. it becomes really annoying. Um, this next one I think is really important because we live in kind of this time where if we do something good or do something right, I guess it doesn't count if nobody sees you do it. Um, so really it's, it's doing what's right because it's right. Bottom line. That's it. That's there's nothing else. Uh, there's this old marketing saying that says something like, you know, donate $10,000 to the needy and then spend, and then mark, spend a hundred thousand dollars in marketing, letting everybody know that you did that. Right. Um, which is, that's the opposite of what I'm talking about. It's like, do the right thing just because that's the right thing to do. It's not because it's expedient, not because you fear the consequences. Here's another one, right? Like the the man who doesn't rob a bank because they're afraid of going to jail, that's not a good person. That's just a coward, right? They're just scared of going to jail. The man who doesn't rob a bank because, oh, that's the wrong thing to do. Like you ever play that game? Like what would you do if you could never get caught, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, do you do the right thing because it's the right thing or because you're afraid of, you know, getting caught or the negative consequences? Big difference. Well, this this actually, this one reminds me actually a story about you, Sal, um, in this business. There was a time, um, it was probably three or four years ago, and um, we were talking about the, the business and just how things have unfolded. And, um, you know, many times we talk, we say how it's been so serendipitous how that unfolded in the business. <clears throat> And there's been many times where uh, there's an opportunity for us to make more money in this direction or that direction. And I remember you saying, Sal, that, you know, one of the things I know for sure is every time we do the right thing, uh, we've been rewarded in the business, even if it's not the the most financially beneficial or the one that we would we would like to do the most when it's the right thing to do we we're always rewarded within the business and sometimes that can be deceiving because you think okay well part of the the, the goal of a business is to scale and to make more money yeah. and so this option over here seems like this would be more money but if our integrity says that I don't feel right selling this or I don't feel right charging people for this, then even if there is a lot of money there, maybe this isn't the right thing for us to do. And I feel like we've had that conversation many times in this business. And I believe that we've been rewarded and it served us by by doing the right thing um, and not always the most expedient or the most financially beneficial for us because we didn't feel that it aligned with our values and our integrity. And um, I believe that that's how this works for, for people in life is there's times in life where you'll be, uh, you'll have these options and sometimes the ones that um, look the most tempting or you, you you would think might give you instant pleasure or gratification, is it necessarily the right thing for you to do? And so making sure that those things align with your core values and 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 having integrity around it and and doing the right thing for the sake of the right thing. Yeah, I like that. Well, you know, go ahead, Justin. Oh, just, yeah, doing the right thing. It just, you know, it builds, it, it builds that pathway to a fruitful life. Uh, and, and, you know, eventually it sort of avails itself to you. And it not, it's not always the easy, um, it doesn't seem like things are always working out smoothly, um, but it, it's something that has more purpose, has more, it, 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 you start to see 
um, you know, what that all can become uh, later on. And, and we've been, we've definitely been tried and tempted a- along the way. And to Adam's point, there's been, um, you know, many opportunities thrown and we've had discussions and hard discussions, even when we're tired and we don't want to travel places. I remember Sal <laughs> challenging us, like we, maybe we should go to that, um, you know, that appointment because we said we would. And that's integrity. And that's, it's not easy because, uh, you know, there's plenty of other things that we could easily do uh, to make money and keep going. But uh, it's a, it's a, it's a character thing. It's, it's who we are. Uh, and so the closer we stay true to that, um, it, you know, the, the more of these things will present themselves later on. Yeah. You know, I've heard it presented like this. I think this is a brilliant way too. is that if you look at every decision you make and every potential um, consequence of that decision and then all the downstream consequences, right? It's like that, what's that saying? Like a butterfly flaps its wings and then across the world, you know, there's a car crash or something like this, this, this chain of events that can happen from single decisions, right? And there's like this infinite possibility of consequences and actions from one decision or one action. So you have to imagine that being honest and making the right decision, doing the right thing leads to a greater potential of better consequences. It's not going to guarantee everything, right? but it's going to probably lead to a better potential of effects and consequences. And they're not always obvious. Sometimes, in fact, it seems the opposite of obvious where you're presented you know, an opportunity and you're like, man, that's easy money or no one will ever find out or what's the big deal, you know? And, but you got to just do the right thing. My mom, my mom, used to, when I was a kid, my mom was so honest that used to annoy me because she would refuse to like call the school and say if I was sick to, in order for me to get a day off or <laughs> she would, you know, she was so honest. I'll never forget one time we left the grocery store and the cashier gave her too much change. I think it was like, it was like less than a dollar and we were in the car and my mom's looking at her, ch- we got to go back inside. Why? They gave me too much change. I'm like, Ma, who cares? What's the big deal? It's like, <laughs> no, we got to go back inside. She goes all the way back. But it was such a great example of like doing the right thing, you know, even though it's it's not expedient. Um, and of course, I, I learned a lot from that. Um, this next one is super important. It's very empowering, but it feels like it's not. It actually feels like it uh, it takes away from you or... It'll damage you. And that's to take responsibility, take personal responsibility. Now, I'm not talking about taking personal responsibility for good things. That's a piece of cake, right? So, you know, oh, wow, look, you deadlifted 500 pounds. You know, yeah, it's because I worked out hard. No, I'm not talking about that responsibility. I'm talking about taking personal responsibility for all the shit that goes wrong, all the bad stuff. You know, uh, everything in your life that isn't the way it is, find a way to take some responsibility of it you know, whether it's because you decided to be in the room when the thing happened or you decided to not leave the partner who was shitty to you or you decided to turn your face the other way why somebody did something wrong or it was more obvious and you actually did something, take the responsibility because that's the first step to becoming a better person. If you don't take responsibility, then you have no control. How the hell can you change or improve upon anything? And this, I think, is sorely lacking Uh, Sorely lacking. I love this one too. This also reminds me of the first rule of leadership. 
And the first rule. It's all your fault. That's right. First <laughs> yeah. rule of leadership. Everything's your fault. Is everything is your fault. And mm-hmm. I just, it's such a, uh, it is a very challenging thing to, I mean, it's easy to say, uh, but to really, to look at every everything that goes wrong within your, your business or your household or your life, um, even though you're being affected by outside forces and other human beings, to have the ability to separate from all of those outside forces and take full ownership of you know what role this is one of my favorite attributes about my wife like one of the most attractive qualities about Katrina is not that we never disagree or argue or get into it is that the minute that we do um, we have this ability to kind of separate and instantly remove the other person and to think what part of that I I don't care if it was something I totally fucked up and did wrong and was way out of line or whatever she will still pull her, remove herself from that and look at what part of that situation does she own? What part did I allow that to even happen to me? Even if Adam did this to me or said this, or I was the one with the the mistake in the, in the situation, she'll still look at what she owns. And we, and because of that, the communication, when we get, when we get back together to have a conversation around whatever the situation may be, it's always starts off with, owning what that person had to do with it and apologizing for it. Mm -hmm. So even if I did something bad, we separate, we go different directions, we get back together. The way she starts the conversation is always apologizing for her, her role in it, you know, where she could have been a better partner or been better to not have allowed this to happen. And so uh, such a, a valuable trait uh, to be pursuing in, is that extreme ownership in everything that happens to you in, in your life that you have ownership of it. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because there's just so many uncontrollable factors that come your way in life. Um, and the one thing that you really can control is how you decide to deal with it. Yes. The decisions you make, uh, which then can affect uh, the direction that it that you, you're going to be able to steer it, and um, you know most of the stress and anxiety and all these things that uh, people are experiencing, they're they're taking on too many of those uncontrollable factors, uh, and, and you know, and that's that's overwhelming, and it, and it seems as though you know uh, so many things are coming, you know. Uh, at them and against them uh, when in fact if if you can really kind of rein that in and just start focusing on those tangible things that you can control it's it's amazing what starts to kind of unfold and and this this sort of answer pre- presents itself to you uh, but it really takes that self-reflection and time to uh, assess how how you personally are are uh, facing this and, and what you're doing. Uh, as a result of that. No, it's, a, it's such a good point. You know, th- there's definitely things that'll happen in your life that you have no control over, right? If somebody cuts you off or you lose your job because something happens with the company. But but you can definitely take responsibility for how you react and where you go from there. You know, like, oh man, this terrible thing happened to me. Okay, now what? Now it's my choice. And it might not feel like it because it might feel so overwhelming, but you still have that choice. And it, it's, it's hard because now you're responsible for your decisions. And a lot of times people don't want to, re- if they live in a shitty situation, they've had bad stuff, nobody wants to sit back and say, yeah, a lot of that is my, I could have definitely acted different. It's easier to be like, oh, I had no control. This is, you know, this is totally not my fault. 
but there's a role that you played, even if it's just how you reacted, or even if it's just you not getting out of the way. Or, or how prepared you were or were not for that situation. Right. Many times that's what that conversation looks like for myself. Say that an uncontrollable situation happens, and it fucks me, puts me in a shitty predicament. The conversation I'm having with myself <laughs> is, I was not prepared for the worst yeah. outcome. I should have been. How do I avoid it yeah, or do better next this is, time? This is a, a shitty situation. This hurts. This is hard. This is difficult. This is going to be a, a hell of a time the next six months for me. And, and part of why it's going to be such a hell of a time was because I wasn't prepared. I wasn't either mentally prepared. I wasn't physically prepared. I wasn't ready for something like this to potentially hit me. And that's my own fault. Yes. I, ca I can't control that person doing it to me. I can't control the company dissolving, like mm -hmm. you said, but I most certainly could have been prepared for if that is to happen. I have already have a plan B in yes. place because I was prepared for it so that when it did happen, it, it didn't scare me. It didn't hurt me that bad. And that is something that uh, you can always take ownership of, of even if it's something that you can't control, you can always control you being prepared for those worst outcomes. And that's the learning lesson in something like that is like, hey, I can't control it. But the next time I'm going to make sure that I'm in a situation where I'm prepared for that. Totally. Uh, this next one I think is real important. I think some time and people get this confused. This next one's very important, and it is very important for a man in particular because you are often the one in your family, that you're the one that your wife or girlfriend- The protector. Uh, yeah, looks to, uh, to be a protector, and that is to be strong and dangerous. Now, it doesn't mean, I don't mean be dangerous in the sense that you're like, you know, you fly off the chain, you're going to kill people. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, don't be weak- Okay. I mean, be solid in who you are. So, uh, and, and you don't have to necessarily be super physically tough or be a black belt in martial arts, although that helps because it gives you more of that confidence, but rather don't just don't be a weak person because weak people bend in with the wind and with the whims of people around them. They have no, they're not stable. They're not strong in their position and they get taken advantage of because they're easy targets. I have a personal experience with this uh, as a kid. You know, I went to a, a junior high. It was a rough junior high. It wasn't great. And it was lots of gangs. There were lots of gangs in my school. It was the first time I ever got exposed to anything like this. And these gangs would, you know, and real gangs, like they, a lot of them went to juvenile hall and jail later on. And these guys would walk around and they would terrorize kids. Like you got in their way, they pushed you. And there was a lot of them. So they would intimidate people or they would knock the shit out of your hands or they'd take your food or whatever. And nobody ever said anything. And I remember I was in, you know, this happened to me. I was in line to get water at the water fountain. And one of the dudes just cuts right in front of me. And I sat there for like four seconds. And I'm like, okay, do I let this happen? I mean, he's got all his buddies over there. Or do I not let this happen? And I thought to myself, I, he, I never want, I don't want to walk around with the, that this guy or these people are going to think that they could do that to me. And so I said something. Now, I ended up getting jumped twice, ended up getting in a fight with this guy twice, and then they left me alone. They totally left me alone. Why? Because I was too big of a pain in the ass to bother because I was the guy that was going to bite back. And that means you have to deal with that every single time. And so they avoided me. And nobody ever bothered me as a result of this. And that's what this means is to be that. Like you're, you're still a peaceful person. You're, you're calm. You're not this overly aggressive asshole. But 
people should know that there's that threat, that you're not going to just sit there and get folded in half. That it, No, no, if you push me, uh, I'm going to push you back. Well, we, no, we that, That's strength. You have to stand for something. Stand for something or you'll fall. For anything. And for anything. And and that's just it. It's not about, um, you know, puffing your chest up and, and pushing people around. No, this is just about knowing that this is, this is, this is my value system. And when you test my value system, it's not going to go easy for you. Yeah. Well, we, weak, weak people love to bully other weak people. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, they, they look for that. They're not looking for someone who's going to, even if they beat you up or they won that fight, it's too much work. They're yeah, totally. not, they're not looking, they're not looking for somebody who's going to stand up for themselves. I mean, you alluded to yeah. one of the other port, important parts, I think of, of being, uh, being strong and dangerous is being strong and dangerous also leads to confidence. And I think yes. confidence is, yeah. is, is one of the most important attributes to having these physical attributes. When you are strong, you're capable and you are dangerous, you walk around and you carry yourself with so much more confidence. And I think, you know, being a true alpha that you, you have to have that, that confidence, that confidence that you're not afraid to go somewhere with your wife and kid in fear of somebody, you know, taking something from you or hurting them. As long as they're here with me, I feel confident that someone's going to have a hell of a time getting to yeah. them because they're going to have to go through me. And I think being strong and dangerous only uh, exemplifies your that ability to be confident and your capabilities of what you're what you can do. Yeah, I think a lot of times people uh, they confuse this too with being like big and tough and strong. No, I, you know, I look, I know people, I knew guys that were big dudes that just got pushed around, pushed around by friends pushed around by other people. And I, I knew guys that were little, little dudes that people knew like, okay, like he's a nice guy. He's cool, but you don't try to take advantage of him or don't try to push him around because he's going to stand his ground. That's basically what it means is that you have teeth behind your lips, yeah. you know, and that, mm -hmm. that, that threat is what's important. And it's people respect that, but it's not being, violent and aggressive that's the it's not that at all it's that calm you know i used to when i used to do jujitsu there were there were mma guys that uh that i would you know train with sometimes and i remember going with one of my buddies to a bar and this guy was i mean he was a top middleweight contender i mean he could easily kick the crap at everybody in the bar and this drunk guy was picking on you know trying to pick a fight with him and i remember him being super confident and standing but didn't do anything because he knew he could hurt the guy didn't do anything. We went outside. Anyway, the guy took a swung at him, so a swing at him, and he just put him to sleep. He choked him, put him to sleep, <laughs> put him down, and didn't hurt him or anything. But you know, that's that's kind of an example of you know uh, what I'm talking about. Um, this next one is also very important. We talk about this all the time in the context of health and fitness, and that is to take your care of yourself like someone you care about. I think it's important to say it that way because, especially if you're a dad, you might know you'll know what I'm talking about. You will often make better decisions for your children because you love them, you take care of them. You wouldn't hand your kid a cigarette. You wouldn't make your kid eat super terribly or do things to, to hurt themselves or whatever because you care about them so much. But yet sometimes with ourselves, we treat ourselves so terribly, like, like we don't care about ourselves. Well, if you're going to be a provider and a protector, um, and that's part of being an alpha male, You've also got to be able to, if if you're going to take care of other people, you have to first be able to take care of yourself. 
So I think that's just that's a given in this situation. If I'm going to be able to take care of, protect, and provide for my family, I damn well be, a, be able to do it for myself first if I'm going to be able to go prove that I can go do it for multiple people or in a situation where you're in leadership and you're leading a team of people. I better be able to at least take care of myself before I think I'm going to take on the responsibility of others and taking care of them. Yeah, the the healthy fit uh, version, and I say healthy in the, the fullest sense, psychologically, mentally, you know, financially, like you're just healthy, right? That version of you is going to best take care of the people in your life that will need you, right? So if you're if you're healthy and you're fit and you're taking care of yourself mentally, like how much better of a partner and a father and a friend will you be? So it's very important to take care of yourself. And if you're if you have a challenge with this, inject somebody into this that you actually care about. So if, if you're like, oh, I don't know how to do that for myself, think of someone in your life that you care about and then say, would I want that person to do what I'm about to do right now? And if the answer is no, then treat yourself like you would treat, you know, that person yeah. that you that you care about. Now the next one, uh, you know, Doug wanted us to start with and, you know, seeing how the episode has unfolded and how things have, that we've talked about, it makes a lot of sense because, uh, you know, it, you, having core values and defining your purpose, uh, a lot of these other things kind of follow naturally, right? Like the, it helps make these decisions on what, you know, we talked about mm -hmm. doing the right thing. What's the right, well, what's the right thing if you don't have core values and yeah. principles, right? So having that integrity, defining the things that, uh, that are important to you, the, the things that you value and then the purpose in your life will then really help a lot of these other things when you're questioned with, okay, well, what is the right thing or what am I supposed to do right now? If you have, if you've defined what those core principles are, it makes a lot of those other decisions easier. Then it's just about sticking to those things, which is, you know, they, this is something they teach you in business for uh, scaling a company. It's, it's so important to have these core values because then the rest of your decisions that you make, Make, you can always refer back to that. You know, oh, we're we have this idea. We might go this way, we might go that way. Oh, I'm not sure. One guy says this, one guy says that. Okay, well, let's refer back to our core values of why we started this company and what what exactly. it means to us. And yeah. of those two directions, we're deciding which one of them aligns with our core values the most. And there's our answer on the direction. And that's so much right. like leading your life. Yeah, because when you can evaluate it like that, you always are able to to come back to true north, to, to the direction that you want to go. And I've always looked at it like living by a code. And, you know, you've seen, you've seen this uh, examples of this with religion or, you know, like stoicism or, um, you know, other, other forms of being able to figure out, uh, you know, what your sort of core values uh, are and, and your, your morals and, and things like that. And, and, and things that are, you won't ever compromise. Uh, and I think it's it's important to actually define those things for yourself individually, so you can now uh, uh, go through that decision making process a lot easier. Because if it conflicts at all, uh, there's your answer, and and it's a pretty it's not easy because <laughs> a lot of times that's one of those things where it's you really want to pursue a certain direction, but at least then uh, you know you know if you're going against your core values. Yeah, if you're by you know if you don't if you're not a principled person and you don't have these values defined for yourself, you are a prime target to be manipulated by yeah. marketers. There, 
there's predators out there. Yes, you'll get you'll get manipulated by people marketing shit to you, by politicians. You'll get manipulated by bad people mm-hmm. in your life. You will be a piece of clay that gets molded and shaped into whatever the hell is happening at that moment if you are not a principled, valued individual. Now, you are a principled, valued individual. The whole world could change around you, but you are the same. And this is important because the world sometimes changes for the better. Sometimes things happen, and they're not necessarily the better and so you need to have those values to remain true to, you know, who you are, which takes us to the next one, which is to have integrity, like do what you say you're going to do, which there's a, there's another part to this, which is to be careful with what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Like don't say you're yeah. going to do something unless you, you know, you're going to do something. And, and this is very important because if you're that person that has that reputation well, like like all you guys, right? I know if you guys say you're going to do something, you've already with me. You've you've built that reputation. I know you're going to do it. There's no doubt in my mind. In fact, it's so it's so strong that shit could go wrong. And the last person that I'll think you know did something wrong or made a bad decision would be you guys because I'm like, well, no, no, that's not who Adam is, or that's not who Justin is. I know that person, and I know they do what they say. So there must be more to the story. That's who you want to be. You want to be that person. This is actually one yeah. of the, the biggest mistakes I see uh, aspiring entrepreneurs. Uh, like if I'm mentoring somebody <laughs> and they're talking about, oh, you know, I want to build something similar to Mind Pump and then, you know, I want to gain this following on social media and then I have this a business idea. And I said the number one mistake that I see people do uh, on social media is to put something out there and then to not follow through and execute yeah. on it. It is the like absolute, if you are trying to- <laughs> That's a business killer, man. It, well, you're yeah. tr- back to the leadership thing, right? If you are building a following of people, you essentially are trying to lead, right? You're leading this this following of people, however you, however you draw it up. And if you say something and you don't execute and you don't follow through, how many people are going to continue to follow you anywhere? So be very careful of what you commit to or what you say because that your word is your bond. And if you get known really quickly as the guy who says that he's going to do something and then it doesn't follow through, good luck. Good luck building a business. Good luck having a bunch of people trust that your product or your thing is going to have value or add value to their life because you're the guy who just says shit, does it for a while, then it gets hard, and then you quit doing it. So be careful of what you put out there and what you say. I'm very cautious of that. We were just recording another episode, and I was alluding to uh, you know, potentially even moving my training regimen in a certain direction. And I don't even want to say it publicly because <laughs> right. I, I, I You're don't not want, sure yet. That's right. Because yeah. I know that I'm still not sure that's what I want to do. And so I'm not going to just put it out there and then people go, Hey, I thought you said you were going to do this. Or you're going to do that. Like I'm very careful that, um, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And this, and to, to that point too, like, um, there's just something that I've, tried to kind of challenge myself with in terms of being able to maintain that. And uh, for me, it's to be slow to decisions and also to be slow to anger. Uh, uh, You know, those two things have always been a better option for me than to 
uh, impulsively react. Uh, and, and that's something that has gotten me and I've gotten better over the years because I used to be a lot more emotionally driven and charged and have, you know, made decisions based on what I felt was right, but was really emotionally charged and, and reacted to them. Uh, and later on finding out that was the wrong decision for me. Um, so to be able to be in a calm state uh, and to be able to rationally think my way through it has always been a better option. Yeah, that's such a good point because then you then it's hard to have integrity, right? Because if you react strong emotionally, like, ah, oh, screw you guys, I quit. Ah, I'm pissed off, right? And then I leave, and then like five hours later, I'm like, oh man. Now you got to kind of backpedal. Oh no, what yeah. the hell did I, didn't I do? Really mean that? Or yeah, you get mad at your kid. That's it. You're grounded for a month, you know. And then you know, uh, you know, five exactly. hours later, like, well, shit. Now they're going to be grounded for a month. Like, that might have been an overreaction. So it's very important what you said because it makes having integrity a lot easier. Because otherwise, you say shit that's hard to <laughs> hard to back up afterwards. Yeah. Uh, this next one is. Also very important. I actually learned this quite a bit being a trainer and managing gyms. And that was to be likable, uh, to be humble, um, and uh, you know, and to to learn to follow. But let's start with being likable. This is important. I don't mean this in a fake way, by the way. Uh, you know, what's that one saying? Like if in, in to in order to to if you want to attract good friends, you have to be a good friend, right? This is what I mean by by being likable. It makes life a lot easier. We're social creatures and you, you people who are unlikable just have a tougher time with everything and it's very unhealthy. Bad relationships uh, are as bad for your health as I think the last study I read was like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. So likable isn't necessarily agreeable, by the way. Agreeable just means agreeing with people because you're afraid to, to rub them the wrong way or disagree with them. No, no, no. You can still be strong in your principles but you could be uh, polite, respectful. In fact, being true to who you are is the utmost respect. It's showing the other person that you respect them enough to be honest with them. But you want to be the person that people respect and like. Uh, it's not a great thing to be unliked by lots of people. I'm uh, reading the book, uh, Good to Great, um, again. Uh, yeah, I've read that book. So good. And this is the actual defining characteristics of what makes a level five leader is that to be likable and to be humble. Uh, and it's actually one of the, it's more, more rare than you would think. There's a lot of great level four leaders are out there, but a lot of, a lot of leaders still want uh, the accolades and to be praised for everything that they're doing. And humility is so important, such an important characteristic of, of being that level five leader is to be the person who's willing to lead the charge, to go out there, to face the fire, to face the fears, uh, to be that alpha male. But then when the, the praise and the accolades and the success and the celebration from the victory comes, they're the first people to look out the window instead of the mirror and say, oh, look at me and everything yeah. I did. It's look at my incredible team and uh, oh, I'm so blessed to be working with these people. It's actually one of the things that I also love about working with you guys is I think it's uh, also a lot of the reason why we've had success is that I believe that you guys have all reached that level of leadership uh, on your own 
in your your own pursuits of of building businesses before here, and it has allowed this to work. That at the end of the day, uh, as as the business continues to grow and have success, uh, we're quick to give yes. you know the credit to others or the other guys than to take that. And so you know part of that uh, you know making you this 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 super alpha. I think is 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 having that strength to be the leader, to be the one responsible, but then quick to give up the credit and to be humble. I think is 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 such an important trait. Yeah, have. you're not going to get a lot of buy-in when you hold yourself up on a pedestal. Uh, you need to be relatable uh, and, and have vulnerability, uh, but also, um, you know, like take 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 into account all the different factors that have has you know brought into your success and that's you know everybody around you and and to be able to acknowledge that is is a practice and and i do go ahead it also it also protects you from not being killed like sal alluded to with the yeah exactly talking about all the 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 uh uh, apes together in a group and the one who's established himself as the alpha and if he's not liked by all the rest then the minute he turns his back they're looking to overthrow it yeah. i mean that's that is so much of real life like that too i mean you may be this this in this leadership position and think that you're so respected but if you're not liked and uh you know a lot of that comes from being humble if you're not liked people will be real quick to throw you under the bus when you're not there whereas if you're this incredible leader. You've you've taken us to all these places of success, but you're quick to give up. Uh, uh, you know all the accolades. They got your back. They got your back, and they they don't That's mind. It. They don't mind follow, following you whatsoever, and they're not looking to overthrow you. But if you're looking for the praise and the accolades and want all the credit for the success all the time, then you know be careful because they're going to be looking to overthrow you all the time. Right, and and the learn to follow part is very important because here's what I mean by that. Right, you could be in a leadership position. You could have employees that you're teaching, right? You'd say you're a head trainer and you, you're the best trainer because you're the head trainer and you're teaching them all how to be great trainers. And maybe you have a trainer that works for you that is exceptional at, uh, you know, at, at communicating, but you fail to see it because they work for you. So you don't follow, you're not open enough or humble enough to follow them with something that could you could learn from. I have learned so much stuff from people that have been worked for me uh, that if I if I didn't if I didn't learn to do this, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't be nowhere near where I am today. And but you, you, this person doesn't have to be. You don't have to follow them in everything. But there's things you can learn from everybody. And if you're not humble and think you're better than everybody or you're great, you're not going to be open to learning. You know that maybe this person's better at me that, that than I am at you know financial health or wow that person is an exceptional father. Even though they're my you know I hired them to work my front desk. Uh, I'm going to follow them in that regard and learn from them. This is a very important attribute, by the way, of really good leaders uh, is that they will have people under them and depending on the circumstances, will step back and let that person lead because that's what the smart thing is to do. Uh, Now, the last one I think is probably the most important and I think it's what defines uh, a man, which is to be a good father, to be a good husband, and to be a good friend. I think these are ve- these are probably some of the most important things that you can do in life, and they're probably also the most challenging. Um, you know, being a good father, for example, sometimes means your kids don't like you. Oftentimes, it means you have to say no. 
oftentimes it means you have to do the thing that isn't cool. You know, all my friends are doing this. Sorry, son. Sorry, honey. You can't do this because I know everybody is, but here's the deal. Like being a good father requires the bravery. It requires the consistency. It requires those principles that we were talking about. And it's one of the hardest and it, and it, and, it, and you have to grow up in order to do this. You know, being a dad, what does that mean? It means you can't go out with your buddies whenever you want sometimes, right? It means you can't be a kid and take your money and spend it on stupid shit because maybe you need to save it for your kid's college education or, you know, to, to have a, a, you know, a safety net because now you're taking care of other people. Like being a good dad is, uh, is a, is a responsibility. Very rewarding though, if you're willing to, to take it on. It's a direct reflection of your actions too. This is not uh, what you say as a father and a husband and a friend, but it's what you do. I think that's so important. Uh, you could you could say all the things that you think are the right things to say as a father or as a husband, but it's what you do that will impact those people. And when I think, and I, the father thing resonates the most with me right now because I'm obviously a new father, and I think about this all the time that. You know, I could have all these plans of the things that I want to say and introduce my son into, but the thing that's going to impact him on the the type of man that he's going to be more than anything else are the things that I do totally as a father. The things that he sees that he will either emulate or rebuke because he doesn't want anything to be nothing like it. And so, there's huge responsibility that comes with your actions in the, in these positions more so than there is what you say in this position. It's about what you do because that's really what's going to reflect what kind of child that he's going to grow up, man that he's going to grow up to be later on in his life. Totally. I think, the, you know, of course, being a, a good husband uh, is also extremely important. You want to provide a stable, you want to be a stable, solid partner and you want to allow your your partner to be who they are but you also want to be that solid rock now i know this sounds like traditional or whatever and I, of course there's individual variances and people are different when you go down to the individual but generally speaking you want to have a certain level of stoicism where you know stuff's happening things are you know anxious or whatever but you want to be the solid calm one in the storm. You want to provide that solid base for your family when things are happening. And that's part of being a good husband. Um, it, when you look at what wives and women list as their top, you know, important attributes of the men they want to be with. And again, it's different from person to person. I get that. So before you try to flame me with, oh, everybody, I get that. But generally speaking, one of the number one things is security. You know, they, I want a partner that provides me with a sense of, of security. What does that come from? Consistency. That means you're consistent. Like I know you're, you're stable, you're solid, and you're consistent in the stuff that you say and the stuff that you do and how you react. And that that's a great uh, that's a great attribute to have as, in my opinion, as a you know as a husband. Yeah, and it it goes back to all the other characteristics we listed earlier, and that those all come into play whether or not you're a good father, you're a good you know, husband, you're a good friend, all your relationships are based around a lot of the code that you've sort of set uh, and the integrity that you have in implementing all those things. Uh, and and so it's, it, it is a direct reflection and, and nothing's more direct than seeing your kids behave exactly uh, like how you act. 
Absolutely. Well, there you go. That's how Mind Pump defines being an alpha male, huh? There it is. Look, if you like our information, you got to head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out all of our free guides on everything from building muscle to burning body fat, improving your fitness and health, even becoming a better personal trainer. It's mindpumpfree.com. You can also find all of us on Instagram. So you can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.